1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Always Draft Season Podcast it's part of the Packing Up Podcast Network. Yes, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It feels good to be back uh, here with you guys. I know we took a long break, um, but we're back now. Um, from now until, you, you know, whenever. Of course, the draft. Maybe we'll take the hiatus again after the draft, but. A little unintended, a little bit longer, um, just trying to, A, maybe get in a little bit of rest and I think just burn out uh, from the draft and from just writing and everything, honestly, um, which was huge. Uh, but also, things got busy um, on my end as well. Uh, a couple camps, a wedding out of state, a golf trip out of country, so there was a lot of stuff this past month, this past five weeks, where I just wasn't around, um, and I take full responsibility for that. Should have been shows out for you guys, but we are back now uh, in full swing, so that's great news. Uh, the Packernet Podcast has been holding it down, though. There's been a lot of great stuff. Hope you guys are enjoying that, even uh, throughout the summer. But as training camps are getting close to getting underway, I figured, uh, what. what what better way to kick things off and get back into the swing of things than sort of predicting uh, the top rookie performers at each position? And we'll obviously come back and circle back to this at the end of the season. What was correct? What was incorrect? Uh, there are some some hotter hotter takes in here, but I don't think as we know things don't always go straightforward, right? First round picks don't always play like first round picks, or they're sort of live up to the expectations of How a first round pick should produce, right? And we've gotten to the point of immediate gratification, instant gratification over you know two three years. Oh, they finally taken the leap, and that that will happen inevitably, um, and probably with you know two thirds of the players. Um, Maybe there'll be maybe more will show out. Sometimes we get that twenty twenty one. There were a lot of rookies that played extremely well, but twenty twenty three. I don't imagine we're going to see the same thing maybe for a little while. Maybe till 2024, 2025. Some of those classes could get really, really exciting. Uh, and we will definitely get there. Uh, but this one, we're going to talk about the 2023 class and just talk about top rookie performers. So let's start at quarterback here for you guys. And I think it's, it's pretty obvious. I think when you look at surrounds at the moment, especially offensive line the most put together offensive line for any of the rookie quarterbacks you could say it's Detroit for Hendon Hooker but he's not going to play obviously with injury and with an established guy in Jared Goff who again when we talk about this a third round pick is not a commitment now the Falcons are giving Desmond Ritter some commitment they're letting him play this year but trust me if he doesn't play well enough this year they're right back in the quarterback market. They will have no problem moving on. The Titans with Malik Willis, he is an afterthought now. Will Levis was a top 40 pick. They have Ryan Tannehill still in the building. Like, that went quick. So it, it in, in a snap, in the blink of an eye, you could definitely see uh, Ritter move on. You could definitely see Hendon Hooker not be really a part of the Lions' future. They swung at quarterback. They could do it again right there in a window where they can do that. So I think, you know, third-round picks aside with Hooker and the offensive line in Detroit, I think it's, it's Bryce Young. And I think I think Ben Solak put it really well at uh, the Ringer NFL Draft show. He talked about this where Bryce Young could come in and dominate and everybody goes, oh, you know, why are we so worried about Bryce Young and his size because he's playing well. He's playing quarterback at, at a level we know he can play the position at. We've seen him do it. Right, But I think it's the wear and tear down the road that will potentially, hopefully not, but potentially be his undoing. I, I think, though, Young is a tremendous distributor. Right, We're going to see that a lot this year. They might lean heavily on Miles Sanders early on. But I think with, with Young, the offensive line is good enough. And Aquan, who played really well last year, I think that he'll be able to distribute right there. There's not a lot of great names in the building, but when you look at DJ Chark, when you look at Thielen, when you look at Terrace Marshall, there's something there. Right. And I think that, you know, with Carolina, it's going to be, you know, they're going to put a lot on this. I think a lot on this plate. And I think that's okay because again, mentally, I think he's fully there uh, in terms of position, in terms of playing the position. Well, um, But I think, you know, obviously things will be a little bit quicker. And he'll just have to, you know, consistently make that adjustment. Uh, They brought in Hayden Hurst. They have Tommy Tremble maybe waiting in the wings, right? Mingo's obviously there as as a speed guy. He's a big dude uh, who can go get the football. So, again, there's, there's a some of its parts at receiver and tight end that should be good enough for Young in year one. But it's really about the offensive line. And I think he'll lead rookie quarterbacks in yards and touchdowns passing now I'm gonna throw this on there as well I think Anthony Richardson will be hot on Bryce Young's tail by the end of the season I hope the Colts just say listen he's young we're giving him the reps and they let him play because I think they should let him play I really don't care if he throws you know if he throws 15 picks this year or you know if, if just Things aren't completely clicking, but the flashes are there a little bit more. Right? If he takes a little bit of a step forward from college, I, I don't care. Like Indy's not in the window where they have to win this second. Now the clock will be ticking eventually. The Steik and higher. Ballard stays. Ballard had a great draft. We talked about that. I think Richardson just give him the reps. I think there's going to be a lot of potential deep touchdown passes for Anthony Richardson he might have the longest touchdown pass of any rookie quarterback I'll stamp it on that and he's going to lead rookie quarterbacks in rushing yards and that, that should be a given rushing yards rushing touchdowns I think this is where it gets tricky right when you talk about the Colts run game because there might be some changes but those changes might not be beneficial to Jonathan Taylor right when you look at Taylor with zone read really was never his style and still isn't his style. Now it does create conflict with how many gaps can a defense handle at once. The answer to that is not enough, uh, especially if the Colts are in heavy, especially if the Colts spread you out because they have to, again, they have to take into account Richardson's legs, but they also have to take into account can we fill a box well enough to handle Jonathan Taylor who? Yeah, didn't produce as well last year, but we know what he what he know what he's capable of. So I think that's going to give Richardson some opportunities, right? Which gap are we picking? Who are we going to handle? So I think by end of season, I think Richardson, like I said, will be leading rookie quarterbacks in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. That should be a given. But I think he's going to be hot on Bryce Young's tail, and I think that's how the quarterback position shakes out. So let's move to running back here. I think obviously Bijan Robinson. That's that's the guy, right? He is the guy. Now, will he get belled-cowed into oblivion in his rookie season? Probably not. Tyler Algier still pretty good. They're going to probably give Cordell Patterson some carries. Ultimately, though, Robinson with yardage creation and, and creativity for yardage creation makes him the bet to be the leader in rushing yards, yards per carry, rushing yards over expectation, touchdowns, and I think just overall play he should lead the clubhouse because I think he is that much better than the next guy. I think two names to watch for though, that could be on the tail of, you know, Gibbs or somebody else. I think Roshan Johnson in Chicago, unfortunately Packers fans. Yes. And I think that Devin, H Devon, a chain in Miami, just in an offense where the linebackers will consistently be in conflict. And Just, you know, knowing how much teams will have to respect when they get into the wide zone, when they get into play action, how much they have to respect, okay, Tyreek Hill's running behind me, Jalen Wilde's running behind me. We have to prevent these big plays that can turn, you know, 20 yards into 80 yards. That's going to open things up. There's going to be less congestion. Devon A-Chain could rip off some big runs. Let's give A-Chain longest run for rookie running backs this year. I'm going to give him that one. Uh, Kendra Miller should be in the discussion, especially if Kamara faces discipline, which he he should. Um, I, I think Kendra Miller still has that sort of slippery nature to his game as well in terms of balance and creativity. So if New Orleans commits to running the ball more, I, Kendra Miller could easily be in the discussion. So that's for running back. I, I When we move to receiver, I think... It's hard to say anybody but any of the first-round picks just because when you look elsewhere, like, yes, Josh Downs and in Indy should be excellent. How many re- how many opportunities is he going to get? Are the Colts going to be in heavy a lot? Are they going to be in 12? right? If they're in 12, that's Pearson Pittman. That's probably not as much Downs. But if it's a stiking offense, it might spread you out more. Should he get more opportunities there? Potentially, he's the fastest guy they have. Uh, in terms of their starters, to get down the field for vertical shots, which, of course, Anthony Richardson likes. So, you know, could Downs have longest touchdown? Absolutely. So we'll put that on the docket for that. But I think Quentin Johnson could threaten that as well. Ultimately, though, I think Jordan Addison is going to be your leader in, re- in, in receiving yardage for sure. I, I think just based on what Minnesota's going to do the commitment to throwing the football, the commitment they've thrown now at resources, TJ Hawkinson trade, Addison in the first round, to commit to, okay, you know, we just got to throw it a lot. We're going to throw it a lot. We're probably going to have to keep up with teams and stay ahead of teams with our offense this year. So, and Addison's going to take pressure off of of Justin Jefferson. If they're going to still cloud cover, cone coverage, do everything in their power to stop Justin Jefferson from beating them, Addison can rip off seven for 100, eight for 100, 9 for 90. Like he can do that. Addison is 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 the true natural separator, right? Can attack the leverage, crisp routes, reliable hands. Like he, he is he is the complete package in terms of being a wide receiver too in Minnesota. Will he lead in touchdowns? That's really the question. Who's going to lead in touchdowns? I got I mean, let's let's be let's be very clear here. If if Matt Caffer-Lockett gets hurt, JSN will probably be the leader uh in every receiving stat, but we can't we can't predict that. Right? That's that's tough to predict. It but if it happens, I think JSN leads. In terms of touchdowns, let's go off the reservation. Let's go Zay Flowers for touchdowns. Just because I think Baltimore's gonna have some things up their sleeve and Zay Flowers has the opportunity to put up five, six touchdowns, maybe seven eight touchdowns, and not have the volume that Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston have. Now there's other guys, right? The Chief Drafted Rasheed Rice in the second round. I mean, that's there's a chance there. I just think like the way they're gonna operate, one, they could still go after uh they could still go after DeAndre Hopkins. So that kind of puts, you know, a little a little less pressure on a rookie receiver especially they have sky Moore and kadarius tony both caught touchdowns in the super bowl so i I wouldn't rule it out marvin mims is the other one to to be i think weary of who can challenge josh downs for longest touchdown i'm gonna switch it up let's give marvin mims the touchdown um the touchdown title over zay flowers but i'm gonna give addison the leader in every other category receptions yards yards per reception, maybe not yards per reception but He's going to be the volume guy, I think, in an offense that, that needs that volume. So we'll swap it out there. Tight end. It's really hard for tight ends to be extremely productive in year one. I still don't think we give Kyle Pitts' rookie season enough credit, right? Like how productive he was and how productive he should be in an offense like that. So will we see that type of season? I doubt it. But if it's going to be anybody... Personally, I it, it's gonna be Dalton Kincaid. Like the Bills the Bills have a plan here, folks. They they have the plan. Right. Their their first two picks were a weapon for Josh Allen and time for Josh Allen. Osiris Torrance being the time, of course, at guard to hopefully help Allen avoid big hits, keep him, you know, keep pressure limited on him while he's in the pocket, while he's able to maneuver kind of around and buy a little bit of time within the pocket. That's the point of that. But Kincaid gives them a number two. It gives them, you know, the model that Kansas City has built. It's giving them that model. It's giving a guy who somehow, some way gets out of, you know, would be tacklers, creates yardage after the catch. The production was there. He's going to be that guy as Knox continues to be more of a multifaceted player in that offense. There needs to be a Robin to the Batman that is Stefan Diggs. Kincaid can be that. Body control, great hands. Just a reliable player. If there was anybody else, I know Packers fans want Kraft or Musgrave. Trust me, I want Tucker Kraft to be the number one player here at tight end in this class. That would be awesome. I just think they're going to snatch a lot from each other. And... There's a lot of running the football there. I think the Bills understand we're throw, throw, throw. You know, we're not we're we're gonna get ahead of the six by passing more. So I I do think that feels a little bit out of the question um for for Green Bay's guys. Schoonmaker and Strange just feel like they're better blockers right now. Strange has made some plays in the passing game. If I'm gonna go anywhere else, I think it's going to be. I think it's actually going to be Michael Mayer, not Sam Laporta. Uh, there's a lot of lot of receivers, a lot of skill position guys. Jameer Gibbs is going to command some targets. I think Mayer is the only one that challenges Kincaid, personally. I think Garoppolo is gonna to like to have a guy over the middle of the field like Mayer, who's gonna be able to, you know, sustain some hits, handle contact. Right, Garoppolo loves throwing over the middle, right? Even if it's into trouble. Mayor can maybe help prevent that trouble a little bit more. But I'm leaning Kincaid as the guy, top rookie performer at tight end. Tackle gets interesting because we often see roads diverge in rookie seasons at tackle. When you think about the last few classes, that has always been the case. I think when you look at Wills and Thomas as in their rookie seasons, not great. Tristan Wirfs was excellent in his rookie season. Right when you look at last season, Ikia Kwanu really found his stride a little bit. Tyler Smith figured things out. Even a tackle or guard didn't matter. When you look at Evan Neal, he just struggled. When you look at Cross, it was very up and down. So you're going to see roads diverge for the first round picks. Paris Johnson, there are things he has to clean up. Will Broderick Jones even start for Pittsburgh? That is still up up in the air. I think uh, even though he was a, even though they moved up for him right they're going to take their time if jones isn't ready they've got guys so i think when you look if first off if skoranski plays tackle i think he gets that title i really do i think he'll he'll get the title because again he's just refined there's there's just not a lot of holes the length was the big concern but if it's not if Skaransky plays inside and it's not him at tackle We're going to go a little bit off the course here, I think. I I think this is the way I'm going to lean over everything else. Just because, again, the tackle class was a little bit strange this year. Where when you look at the class as a whole, it was a top three or four. I'm going to go with Darnell Wright and Wanya Morris. So a Tennessee and an Oklahoma guy... Right just because, again, when you look at guys coming in who have been good pass protectors where you go, ah, their run game is not very good. Both guys in Seattle had that. Now, I'm not saying Donald Wright's going to be exactly the same, but I think I trust the pass pro a little bit more. And then with Wanya Morris, I just have that funny feeling that Kansas City has nailed it yet again. Um, I don't know if they nailed it with their first two picks, to be perfectly honest, with with Enrique Azama and, and Rasheed Rice. But I have a feeling they did nail it with Wanya Morris. Uh, so I do think Morris has a chance to start. And I think he could be a, an impact player. Um, so, yeah, I think those two, if not Skaronsky, will be the guys uh, that that make the name for themselves at tackle early. Uh, for guard, again, if Skaronsky plays guard, he will be the best guard this year. It's just no, no matter what Tennessee runs, he's going to, with the quicks, the athleticism functionally, how he plays, with the technique, everything is there for Skaronsky to succeed right away, especially if it's at guard, like for Tennessee. that I think he'll be a stalwart immediately that the offensive line and the offense as a whole needs from day one. So if if not Skoronsky, I think two names come up immediately the first is steve avila of course uh for the rams and again it's 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 it could be one of those things with Avila where it's just like oh you know the rams aren't very good and it's possible the rams are good but if they're not good we're not going to be talking about good rookies on the rams we're going to be talking about the rookies who are on these contending teams making plays right when you think about like a nolan smith or a carter making plays for philly or Wanya Morris, perhaps in Kansas City, right? Like if Atlanta is winning the division, Bijan Robinson will get a ton of looks. Like Kincaid will be t there'll be a ton of talk about Kincaid and Buffalo if he plays well, right? That's going to happen. Like if, if Minnesota's good, Addison will be the talk. Maybe Laporta will be the talk for Detroit. Like teams who are good are going to get the publicity for the rookies as well. So Steve Avila, I think, still has a chance to be potentially the best guard in the draft. Uh, I know there's contention with maybe Skaronski, obviously, but Osiris Torrance was in that conversation as well. But I'm going to throw out another name, Matthew Bergeron. Moving inside for Atlanta, could command one of those guard spots and, and immediately make hay in a, in a scheme that's going to help him out early on. They're going to give him help and pass pro. I love the offensive line they've built. Right, He might be the weakest link early on. But I think by season's end, I think this is an offensive line that gels really well and has them on the doorstep of a playoff berth in a division that they could very easily win. So I, I if Skoronsky doesn't, I'm going to go Bergeron-Avila. If Skoronsky is inside at guard, I'll go Skaronsky and Avila. Center, there are a couple options. I, Stromberg in Washington is very interesting to me. Very interesting to me. Um, because I think there's so much pedigree and so much to work with there that I think he could be that dude. This season, though, I'm going to go John Michael Schmitz in New York. I think it's either New York guy. I think Tipman might be better in the long run, but I trust John Michael Schmitz immediately. I think Tipman, with his size is as tall as he is, there might be some, some struggles early on. I think he'll get there. John Michael Schmitz, I think, will be a huge asset for Daniel Jones, a huge asset for the run game, and a huge asset for the offense, that I think they're going to let Daniel Jones take some shots uh, in this offense. So I do think that, that John Michael Schmitz will be that guy in both facets of the game. All right, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll come back with predicting the top rookie performers on
0: defense. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
1: Okay, back here, you guys. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, if you look at interior defensive line, if you go nose tackle specifically, I think Mozzie Smith makes the Cowboys so much better on defense. That is the one thing they needed, and they got it. Uh, so, again, nose tackles, he's the guy there for me. Uh, when you look at more of the pass rushing, the three techs, right? Jalen Carter is the obvious selection, Right. It, and and he should be, right? He's super talented. He's joining an Eagles defensive line that's loaded. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to create pressure in some one-on-one looks. So that should be obvious. Kalijah Kansi might get some decent looks as well at Tampa Bay. I think your pressure leader for defensive tackles will be Jalen Carter. But maybe the pressure rate is a little bit higher with somebody like Keanu Benton in Pittsburgh because they're going to rotate him in a lot. They don't always, in in Pittsburgh, just give guys spots. But Benton could work into the rotation. I think he could grade out really well as a pass rusher. Uh, He's not going to be a nose tackle uh, uh, in the NFL. We kind of thought that would be the case. He obviously shaded one tack and nose at Wisconsin a ton, but he was able to use the quicks to win a lot there. His quicks are going to come in handy in Pittsburgh as a pressure generator from the interior. I think pressure rate will give it to Keanu Benton, but Carter gets the pressures and potentially the sacks as well. So we'll we'll lean that way defensive line-wise. Edge, we're going to maybe get a little crazy here. Will Anderson, nope. A different Will. I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to say the two best edge rushers as rookies will be Lucas Van Ness and Will McDonald. Pressure rates, pressures, and sacks. Your leaders for all three will be between those two. I'm calling it now. uh, The one name that could sneak in as well is B.J. O'Gillari. I think he's got a decent chance to do that too. But I think when all is said and done, the boys from Iowa, both of them, Iowa and Iowa State, are going to be your leaders. I think Van Ness is going to get an opportunity, right, with Gary potentially missing you know, several games to start the season. He gets an opportunity, power, pressures, he's going to do that. Will McDonald's going to be in wide nine alignment a ton. He's going to be able to use his agility, the quicks that he has, explosiveness, bend. All of that to generate pressure as well. I think your two leaders come from there. If B. Joe Zilari crashes the party, wouldn't shock me. Of course, Will Anderson is going to be in the conversation. But I got that funny feeling. Will Anderson might underdeliver in year one and we get concerned. Year two, year three, he's dominant and you go, okay. But year one, this is for rookie performers. Van Ness and Will McDonald. As for linebacker, okay, This is where it gets interesting. I think obviously Jack Campbell should lead the discussion in terms of tackles. I think he'll have a ton of tackles, right? I think he'll be important uh, for the Detroit team, especially in tight quarters, in close quarters, close proximity to the line of scrimmage, close proximity to the box in general. You're leaning Jack Campbell every time as a tackle leader because I think he's going to get opportunities. There's a lot of talent in front of him where he can get freed up. He's going to be a reliable thumper. He's got good eyes, and the zone awareness is there, and the athleticism, obviously, and the testing was there. I don't think you're going to see crazy numbers uh, in terms of his coverage ability right away. I think we'll leave that to others, but I do think Campbell is your uh, tackle leader at linebacker. In terms of, though, the best player at the position in year one, let's throw a bone to the Chargers fans here. Let's go Diane Henley at linebacker for them for Henley to be the best at the position. He might not he might not lead in tackles, right? But I think he'll be the best player at the position in year 1. That's who I'm going to lean uh over everybody else at linebacker because I just I, I think there's something about Henley just kind of being everywhere that that makes me feel like he will do the same thing. And be an important cog in the second level for a Chargers defense. That frankly needs to get better. They need to be better. And I I think Henley's going to do that for them. Corner makes it very difficult. Right. I think when you look at corner, the top names are going to be talked about a lot. I think your interceptions leader for corners in year one. Oh, it's a tough call. It's a tough call, folks very tough um part of me wants to say unfortunately that it could be Tyreek Stevenson for the Bears but I think your interceptions leader um could be could be could be um it could be Emmanuel Forbes it really really could and as I sit here trying to trying to think about who your leaders are at corner just because of how contested it's going to be. I wonder about Joey Porter Jr. in the footwork. I wonder if it going to take some time. I wonder a little bit about Witherspoon's size, perhaps. I worry a little bit that Belichick might not just hand things to Christian Gonzalez, even though he should. Cam Smith in Miami, how much is he going to play? Brents and Darius Rush in Indy with Jalen Jones all three of them can one of them catch fire early I think there might be some struggles early on but I think they've really hit diamonds in the rough there Indy has but right this second I think your interceptions leader is going to be Emmanuel Forbes I think he's going to take chances and he's going to, to to win in a lot of reps by taking said chances so I think we're going to leave it there with him but, but, I think your highest graded corner by end of season will be Christian Gonzalez for New England. I really do, and it should be. Everything like like Gonzalez as fluid as 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 good as he is attacking the ball, as good as he is when he's in trail, as good as he is transitioning, as good as he is as a tackler. Like everything is there, right? And and. and and the Patriots got Gonzalez in a trade back. That should scare the league a little bit with the Patriots, especially on their defensive side of things. I think he'll be the highest graded. Now, a guy who by end of season we'll be talking about, let's go Garrett Williams in Arizona. As soon as the ACL's healed, I know he's had a lot of injuries. If he can get on the field in November, December, January, I think he can put together some really good games as a cover corner. I really like him a lot. So put him on your radar. Right he's the guy you're going, oh, wow, there's some good games here from this guy uh, in December and January. Wow. Came out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So we'll go Gonzalez uh, as the best, Garrett Williams as the late riser and your interceptions leader, Manuel Forbes. Safety. Safety is an interesting one. I think the guy who's going to lead – In a lot of categories. Have to play a lot. And and be successful doing so. Is Jordan Battle in Cincinnati. Alabama asked Jordan Battle. To do a lot of things. Play in the roof. Handle the roof by yourself. Play in the box. Tackle in the box. Right. Buzz to the flat. Handle the hook and curl stuff. In zone. They they asked him to do a lot. I think the Bama guys are going to be your leaders. if, If Branch gets on the field enough. Branch getting on the field enough is the question, right? C.J. Gardner johnson plays the box a lot. Branch can play the box a lot. They have slot corners in Detroit. Branch could do that as well. It's just a question of is Branch going to play a lot, and where is he going to play? That, that's that got me a little concerned. So that's why I'm leading Jordan Battle as the guy this year at safety uh, in a weaker class. I think Quan Martin's got a got a decent chance in Washington to do that as well. So I would look at Battle and Quan Martin because I just don't know how much branch is going to play uh, in Detroit. I'm just not sure, to be honest. So there you go. There are your predictions for top players, top rookie performers at each position. We're going to come back to this in, in January. We're going to look at it. You know, We're going to review the film. Where did we go wrong? Where did we go right? Maybe let me know. At Jake NFL Draft on Twitter whether or not you agree with some of these who your picks are that'd be a lot of fun to talk about uh, as training camp gets underway so i want to finish with a couple things as just to where the direction of this podcast is going to go this summer um as i take on the solo journey here uh the the 2024 NFL draft we're going to get started on a lot of that uh we might do you know We'll see anywhere from three to six prospects. Maybe we'll lean closer to six. So maybe five to six prospects. Uh, every podcast, we'll talk a lot about them. Uh, I'm getting started on a lot of them now. Uh, it just took some time off uh, to kind of recharge. So we're getting started on a lot of guys. But also, we're going to potentially talk about a redraft from a certain draft because it's been enough years. Uh, we might get to that at some point. But also... We're going to go through the rookies from last season for every team. Just kind of look at them, see how they did, you know, critique, offer some hope for year two, and kind of talk about the trajectories that they're on. So that's going to be the podcast um, for the summer. Going to be some prospect stuff for 2024. Going to be reviewing from 2022, and we might sneak a redraft in there for some fun. Uh, If there are prospects you want me to get to, uh, sounds great. Um, Let me know the prospects you want me to get to. Uh, I will get to them for sure. There's a lot on the docket already. I've got the first five to six names for next week. They are ready to go. If you want to know who they are, I can tell you. Why don't we tell you for those listening this long? They are. As follows, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Brock Bowers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Olu Fushanu, and to round it out is Blake Corum running back from Michigan. So, those six are on the docket first. Amika Bukas is quick to follow that for sure. Uh, he'll be on there as well. Uh, as to where we go from there. Uh, there might be some Big Ten running backs we look at. Probably be looking at the tackles uh, once I get some more from Notre Dame. Film-wise, um, might look at J.C. Latham pretty quickly. We're going to talk Cedric Van Pran again for sure from Georgia, the center, who I think should be flying up boards. A lot of corners and edge rushers to get to as well, but we're going to stick on the offensive side of the ball first. Uh, and By the end of the summer, I think we'll be having a fleshed-out big board. There will be a lot of notes on some guys. I'm going to try and put that in one spot, probably on my sub stack to just have a board there with all the info that you want um, from players. Maybe I'll throw some comps in there for fun, but we're going to get that started a lot sooner. uh, And we're going to have a lot fleshed out for you well before the season starts to get your fix, to get your uh, get your eyes pointing in the right direction at players you should be watching for for 2024. So those are the plans um hope you guys enjoy the pod hope you guys are glad it's back i'm glad to be doing this again and getting back into the swing of things so yeah expect it twice a week we'll get to work uh there's a lot coming um your way and i'm excited for it hope you guys are as well like i said uh gonna be a fun summer riding the wave to the to the end of it and in september will be here before you know it so that'll obviously provide content as well Uh, I will take off. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks again for listening.